I don't know if Jason's going to watch that in the uh, you know in the in the rerun or, or whatever the the save clip, but I, I think I nailed that. I think I, I was going to say that was pretty that. damn good, man. That was a good job. <laughs> this is a little bit of black in the front there, but uh, yeah, not 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 bad for the timing of the intro. Uh, right. Welcome to episode forty four. Uh, so today we're going to be talking with Dane, uh, distant whistle in South County Homebrew Shop out in Vicksburg. Um, and before we get into too much other BS, I guess. Uh, this pull them in. I don't know, Dane. I don't know why we just don't start these shows with like you in the in the chat. I feel like it's something that we've done for like a year yeah. now, and well, it's I mean, just you like gotta, you gotta have that super pro intro. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, get- one day we're gonna. Apparently, I don't know. I think Jason's talked to you before. We're coming down to the shop there, and and uh, the oh, yeah. people, Sam and Travis from Ripjaw. We're gonna we're gonna film something. We're gonna make it like actually one of the yeah. one of these days. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, no problem. We've, uh, Thanks for having me. Trying to harass you to come on for like a year now, I think. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, something yeah. happened last year. It got weird, and uh, things got busy. Busy's uh, busy's good. Busy's yeah, busy is good. Slow. Uh, what are you drinking, man? I am currently drinking my uh, Champagne Wishes Berliner Weiss. So nice. There's... Light and tart, perfect for a summer day. I was down there uh, the other day, and don't you have different like flavorings for it too? Yes, yeah, we've got the uh, Himbeer and Voldmeister syrups, so raspberry and Woodruff. And mm. the Woodruff, I can't quite, I can't define it very well, so I just say that it's like a green Jolly Rancher, but no apple. Does it actually turn the beer colors, or is it all? I've never. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've had like a like a traditional Woodruff or anything like that. Yeah, the uh, they both turn them either pink or green. So, oh. hmm. did you make the the syrups yourself? No, I, I bought them. I got a a good tip from Tim over at Territorial on where to find the the authentic German syrups. So, hmm. so it's not even like a, a local place. It's like straight up from Europe. Yep. Yeah, actually, wow. the the labels are in German. So. Hmm. legit shit good yeah yeah the good yeah, stuff sweet. what about you jordan um starting off with a hams <laughs> that's the the yep. uh unofficial sponsor of uh michigan brews <laughs> yeah that's, yep. maybe that's something we try to do for 2021 is like there actually we're... like try to get like some sort of like media representative from there, there there show we, or yeah something. Yeah, absolutely. I've got that, and then I've, I've got I've got one or two other things down here sitting next to me. So we'll see what I crack open throughout the rest of the show. Did uh, did you brew anything for the Keepers of Craft Lemon Cookie Competition? Or I'm sorry, co- <laughs> Cookie Competition. I, was say, I, I brewed the Lemon Cookie. Brew. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not get a chance to. Um, I, uh, that's what I ended up. Oh, good. How do you think it turned out? The show uh, really good. I can't wait to to share some around with you guys. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to trying all of them. I mean, we had like what, 18? Something like that? Something like that, yeah. David, I think just got back from a, a trip across the east side of the state this week, so of course he's drinking like hams or something, although they're a little north of us. Who knows? So Dane, we... Yes. Uh, we have this like whole and and I'm sorry I probably should mention this too. Uh, everybody's going to notice Jason's not here tonight. Uh, he had a unavoidable conflict, so um, you're stuck with Jordan and I uh, and Dane. But we promise to drink a lot and uh, slur. And I mean, <laughs> I, I haven't eaten anything today, so I plan on slurring oh, a lot. Perfect, it's be great. beautiful. All right, you're you're really close to your uh, your bar. Yeah, I don't have to go far to get a beer. Yeah, (laughs) and say it looks like you're in your bar, right? Like, yeah, I don't mess around. Yeah, your your membership (laughs) mugs, your club mugs, or club member mugs back there. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna go too far away from my mic, and that's where this is set up, so it works. Perfect. Um, so reminder too, we are streaming on Twitch now. Drew mentioned that he can't chat over on Twitch for some reason. So maybe we'll look at that while the show's going or something like that. Oh, yeah, I'll go in and take a look. Yeah, perfect. Um, 
so Dane, when we have like brewers and uh, you know owners and stuff like that on, we we sometimes have like a, a general list of questions that we like to ask because um, as home brewers, it's questions that um, you know we we think of basically. And, and you know Drew, and Drew's opening up his own brewery uh, over oh, yeah. in Vicksburg soon too. So um, how how did you get into brewing? How did you become you know? I'm sure so, you started off homebrewing probably. Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. I started off homebrewing. Um, God, when did I start? It's probably 2006. Sure. Sure. 2006. And I just got some like LD Carlson kit brew um, from one of the homebrew shops. I was up in Marquette at the time going to school at Northern um, just had like a little one room apartment. So doing a uh, five gallon batch on the, electric stovetop and they were they were pretty old kits so started there did a couple batches and it was just too much for me to handle so uh gave it up for a little while and then when my uh brew partner and business partner uh andy when he moved down to portage he got an apartment and i was already living in vicksburg and he had no place to store all his homebrew equipment and he he had been brewing up north for years at that point and had some good contacts, good contacts with uh, some of the guys that run Black Rocks Brewing and mm-hmm. uh, one of the brewers who was with Cognition and now I think he's with North Peak. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he had good contacts there and got a lot of a lot of good info and was doing a lot of home brewing. So when he moved down, he needed some place to store all his equipment. And I said, you know what? I got my garage, but uh, if you're going to store your stuff here, we got to brew. So <laughs> he said, all right, all right, we'll, we'll brew. And uh, about two weeks after that, we had a recipe for uh, pale ale and it was Memorial Day weekend. So we're like, all right, it's the Memorial Day pale ale. Um, so we brewed that and uh, had the keg system set all up. So it was uh, about four weeks till we were ready to drink it. And I was like, all right, that's good. Let's do more. So we made more beer, drank more beer, got probably eight or 10 batches in. And I was like, you know what? We were scaling up. We went from a 15-gallon pot and just doing five-gallon batches to getting a whole keggle system set up and 10 gallons at a time. I'm like, well, let's try to figure out how we can sell this stuff and maybe make back our money from ingredients. And that was a whole lot of red tape. So (laughs) um, we were like, yeah, yeah, there's no way we'll be able to open a brewery. This is stupid. Let's just leave it alone and do our home brewing. But the, the seed was already planted. So I was like, you know what, let's see how far we can take this before somebody says no. And next thing I knew, uh, it took us about, about a year year and a half before we actually had a space and all the licensing set up, but nobody ever said, Hey, you don't know what you're doing. You got to stop. So we just kept going. And (laughs) August, August 26, 2016, we served our first pint in the tap room. And that was actually, uh, by the time we opened up here, we, we had changed the recipe of the Memorial day pail, um, to be, what would eventually become our Paramount IPA, which is like our flagship IPA at the brew house. So I think we went from uh, Citra and Galaxy and a little Mosaic to Citra, Amarillo. Well, Amarillo in the boil and Citra for the dry hop. But yep, it, it morphed a little bit, but became our flagship. So that one's still here. Is there any meaning behind like Paramount or anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, when we were homebrewing, we, you know, as, as homebrewers, you tend to find whatever tools you can to make the brew day work. And we decided, you know, we got this, uh, I had this little chunk of one by two, just pine one by two. And, uh, we used that to wedge up our mash ton so that we could drain out more wort. And we ended up getting probably an extra, probably an extra 16, 32 ounces just by using this stick. And we made a joke of it. We're like, oh, yeah, we got to have this. It's it's paramount to our brew day. <laughs> and so we were like, all right. So then every little 
finagled tool that we made, be it a piece of wood or a brick that was Paramount 1 or Paramount 2. And so when we got the IPA set up, we're like, all right, well, there's only one name for it. It's got to be the Paramount. And for the longest time, uh, we actually turned that little chunk of one by two into the tap handle specifically for Paramount. So, you know, people would come in and see we got tap handles and we had some that were, you know, nicely carved and looked nice. And then we had this stick and they're like, why do you have that piece of shit? (laughs) <laughs> stick <laughs> as your tap handle and i'm like dude don't talk bad about that that's the paramount right <laughs> i don't know where it's at right now but it's still floating around here somewhere it's like a key to why the beer like you know tastes good yeah you know some some baseball players don't wash their socks we don't get rid of a small chunk of one by two yeah, yeah, don't clean yeah. your lines yeah hey no it's just the flavors from all the past beers <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the what do they call that soup there's like some place has a soup where they've never actually like like dumped it out and cleaned the pot or something like that yeah i've heard oh. that yeah. or like char- charcoal grills or cast iron and just like just wipe it off it's fine yeah. <laughs> it's the seasoning yep so August, then you said is going to be your twenty. This sorry, is your, your number five. Yep, awesome. Yeah, and now we can actually uh, we've got some serious prospects to actually have an anniversary party this year. So yeah, yeah, that's thankfully. awesome. I, I have a question about that later too. But uh, with regards to your anniversary, you guys do like an anniversary beer every year. You guys do kind of something special, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, every year. We started year one, it was just a smash, and I believe we used Irish ale malt and mosaic, I think. But uh, so we did a smash the first year, and it was just our smash anniversary. <laughs> um, so for year two, we started with the smash anniversary one uh, recipe base and added an extra hop and an extra grain. And I think that was Citra and Golden Promise. So then it was Citra Mosaic, Golden Promise, and Irish Ale Malt. And for year three, added another. Year <laughs> four, we did another. Even though we didn't really have an anniversary, we still did Smashiversary number four. And this is this is year five. So we're going to start with that same base and keep going with what we've done. So now it's definitely not a smash but <laughs> essentially five smashes stacked on top of each other you have any, uh, are, are you scared for what will happen you know 20 years down the line or something like what kind of beer you're gonna <laughs> you know eventually we're gonna have to just let it go but <laughs> the, the joke will be over uh but we'll still still be putting out an anniversary beer i don't, I don't know i feel like something something like dogfish head would, would just kind of keep going you know like well oh, yeah, yeah at that yeah, point absolutely. we're putting in god would it be like 10 pounds of every grain and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be convoluted to say the least <laughs> so um anniversary wise you guys have space outdoors now yep. which i don't think you originally started with no we uh, did that was that was a special thing um, for the anniversary party, we always pull a special event permit, which is different. So that way we can actually use the parking lot out the back door. Oh, okay. And so that opens up a lot more space. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is the, is the backyard or I'm sorry, the backyard is the, uh, is the back parking lot, uh, zoned for the new Vicksburg downtown drinking area thing or no, the, uh, they, I guess they must've decided that they didn't want people hanging around their cars with an open beer. And, um, but yeah, the, the parking lot is not part of the social district, but, um, all of Prairie, which is like one of the main roads in town, uh, main street being the other, Mm -hmm. um, Prairie street has Vickers Lakeside Tavern, Main Street Pub and the Village Hideaway, so three bars on Prairie, and Main Street has us and Jasper's Pizza. So um, they basically made a big T through town. So anywhere you walk on Main Street or Prairie between any of the bars is fair game. 
Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really awesome. cool. I didn't know that that had came to down there. So this is this is news to me, but that's that's really cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, so that took off. Uh, we've had it for about a month now. It started May 1st. Okay. I'm not that far off then. Okay, that's, that's good. It took me like Kalamazoo did the downtown commons or whatever. I can't recall how long ago, but my wife and I just just discovered that like a few months ago. So, you know, like we, we had a kid, he's just now a year old. So we've kind of been hermits for yep. 12 oh, I've months. Got, I've got three of them. I know exactly what you're talking oh. about. Oh, I can't <laughs> imagine that. Wow. That's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, having that, that's, that's where we'll have to make it down there to, to check you guys out. And yeah, yeah. We, uh, actually, I think we've got it for another, three weeks and then they're going to be doing a construction project in town where they're tearing up most of Prairie and all of main street. So it's going to go away for a little while, but when it comes back, we're going to have a full streetscape renovation. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. It's basically going to be somewhat modeled after like the, the mall down in or up in Kalamazoo. So, Yep, one way street. A lot of places just sit and just park and hang out. So that'll that'll be nice when it reopens and we can do the social district again because then there'll be benches and a lot of seating. Whereas right now, pretty much the only seating is tables that I had put out because I had them left over from our uh, larger outdoor seating space. Yeah, I feel like that uh, parking lot behind your brewery is pretty like underutilized too. Like, I don't think that you guys will be starved for parking, even if some of it goes away on that. Oh no, no. Um, I think right now we're losing two parking spaces out front after the renovation. So it's not going to hurt. Oh, that's cool. I, uh, just cracked a Pilsner or Kel. And the last time I've had one of these, I, I brewed a Czech pills recently. And uh, I wanted something more like legit to compare it to. Uh, I don't know how good it is or how old it is. The back of the bottle says September 2821. So I'm assuming September 28th, 2021. And I don't know if that's like a best buy date. That, that's I don't that's think the date you got to throw out the trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, Pilsner or Kell is real good. Um, and if you, I mean, there's not much that can fall out of it that's going to change the flavor profile. So it's going to be good. But since you got one, I'm going to get one. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm going to hit Dan up for a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, everybody on the Pilsners. So, yeah, I'll keep keep it going. (laughs) How's your hams treating you? Oh, hammy. There's no ham. Drew did say that... uh, that, Chat's working on Twitch. I saw that. I was actually on our Twitch profile, like messing around with the settings, and I saw his um, his message come in. So Drew, Drew being a Doster Brewing Company, who I mentioned on the on the chat earlier. So he's, uh, he's still working diligently. Welcome back. Yeah, while we're on the uh, the logger train here, um, are you? Cheers. Did, is that what you got? <laughs> Yep, I got my honey pills. Honey pills. I had that one there. Yeah, it was super good. Um, you guys, did you guys recently get like a like a equipment upgrade or something? You're doing like no. more loggers than you used to. You know? <laughs> okay. So, so remember earlier when I was talking about piecemealing and finagling whatever you can <laughs> to make it work. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we did to make loggers. Um, okay. So we had been given a glycol chiller that just sat in the brewery doing nothing for the longest time. And I decided, you know what, I'm sick of, I mean, we were putting out lagers using 3470 yeast um, and we could ferment it, you know, 65 and it Mm -hmm. would be passable, but a little bit sweet. Uh, They left behind some masters and it was fine, but I was like, you know what? I, I want to just try something. So we had this uh, glycol chiller, which Drew actually has now, because we were then given a different glycol chiller. <laughs> and if Doug, if you're watching, thank you. Um, but yeah, we got given a different glycol chiller, and we were like, all right, now I'm gonna I'm gonna make this work. So I got a stainless steel coil of fifty. 50 foot coil, a three eighths inch tubing and basically made it into an immersion chiller that I'm running glycol through. 
So that goes into our old plastic fermenters, sits in the middle of the beer, and then we run the glycol through it. And basically we have full temp control. So our lager, our lager fermenter lives in the back hallway now. So, (laughs) yep. But, but yeah, we, we looked at, you know, maybe doing some jacketed tanks and spending some money and we're like, we have other stuff that needs fixing right now. (laughs) So it was time to, to lager, but make it work. So I can vouch for the beer being uh, really good. I I think that you guys are probably one of the more uh, underrated breweries in Michigan. You're kind of off the beaten path a little bit, but we're the best kept secret. It's worth, it's worth (laughs) the trip out. Yeah. You know, speaking of, you know, being off the beaten path a little bit, um, do you find that like, locals have a different taste in what they want from beer versus maybe like people, you know, in, in more populated areas, like a, like a Grand Rapids or something like that, or. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of our locals, they know what they're getting when they come into a brewery. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, looking for an IPA or looking for something dark or they've got their preferences, but the only thing that we've ever had that, doesn't move fast is Belgian yeast. So if we do uh, Saison, we did a Saison and it took a while to get rid of that batch. Um, We did a white IPA with a Belgian yeast and it sat longer than we'd like. I think that took us a month and a half to get rid of the batch. Normally we're looking right around the one month to three week mark. So that one sat around a little bit, but they all go. Um, We've been asked about a billion times, what do you have that's like Bud Light? (laughs) And I mean, that's one of the things that kind of got me onto the the lager kick to get this lagerator going um, because I'm sick answering it. We <laughs> so I, I my first beer with the lager machine was an American light lager, just did the cold one. So somebody comes up, hey, can I get a cold one? It's like, yeah, yeah, you can. That was um, the name of the beer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's just something that's easy and balanced and mellow, and it's kind of one of those gateway situations. Like, oh, if you have this flavorful american ipa or american light lager then maybe you'll try you know the the coffee blonde or move on to something different you besides uh odd side probably you guys are are one of the first breweries i think that was like regularly having a a coffee blonde on tap um how did you like what what got you turned on to that it's called uh what's it called that's the backpackers blonde um yeah we Oh, God, what did we have? I think Andy had some bean flicker and decided, you know what? I like this, but it's just too much Um, because bean flicker's got vanilla and it's got coffee beans and Mm -hmm. something else. But he was like, it's it's a little too much. It's a little sweet. Um, So he was like, well, let's just try a blonde and try some coffee in it. It was actually one of the last beers that we ever brewed as homebrewers. So we were like, all right, and tested it out. And I think we did for a five gallon batch, we did like three ounces of whole coffee beans and just put it in basically as the dry hop, let them sit in a hop sack for four days before we racked into a keg. And we had done coffee beers before and tried, you know, doing it with just coffee grounds, tried doing it with cold brewed coffee. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the last ones we did was a coffee stout and it tasted real coffee when we started. Um, But we did cold brewed coffee and the coffee ended up, what happened was the coffee ended up settling to the bottom of the keg. Uh, And so the first half of the keg was real coffee. Like we're like, Oh yeah, this is great. It tastes like espresso. It's fantastic. <laughs> and then the last half of the keg just tasted like a dry Irish stout. And we're like, what happened? Oh yeah. Cause the gravity change. Um, but yeah, once we, once we started using the whole bean and just floating it, 
and basically just steeping it like a cold brew. Um, we found that the the backpackers never took on any of the color from the coffee beans. It stayed nice and blonde, but got this real robust coffee note. And it didn't fall out. It just stuck around, and we're like, all right. So we kept that one as one of our uh, one of our flagships, and that was... I think we brewed it as one of our first batches here uh, just because we wanted something that was a little bit different. And so we were like, all right, opened the doors with coffee blonde on tap. And I think that one sold out in two or three weeks. People were just crazy about it. And now anytime it's off tap, people are like, where's backpackers blonde? We need a backpackers blonde back. It's like, just have, just have a pro reporter. I don't care. They're like, no, we need it. Does that sell about as fast as Paramount, do you think? It's pretty close. I think over our entire time being open, we've sold maybe six or nine barrels more of Paramount. But they're they're neck and neck. It's pretty much we have to brew all of them once a, once a month. So Paramount, Backpackers, and the Shadow Dog Brown Porter. Those are oh. three our three go-tos. I, I actually didn't think that Shadow Dog. I mean, not that I like it. I just uh, I I wouldn't have guessed it would turned around that quick. Oh yeah, is, is is one of the darker beers that you have usually? Then is that well, kind of why? Like, yeah, it's because normally we wait for winter to do the stouts, so we'll get into the the heavier stouts in the winter time when the weather gets cold. But Shadow Dog, it's just it's light enough that you can drink it if you're a dark beer drinker. Um, you can drink it any time. But yeah, I've had I've had some people come in in like the middle of July, and they've said, you know what, you're you're the only brewery I've been to in the past month that has a dark beer on tap. And it's like, yeah. all right, if if it's going to be Shadow Dog, then that's a good one to represent. But cool. mm-hmm. is the beer designed that way, or was that just kind of a happy accident? What's that? Like like for it to be, uh, I guess, a, a good summer dark beer year rounder oh yeah <laughs> yeah um we decided early on that what we wanted was to have something hoppy something balanced and something malty and shadow dog we had brought uh, brewed that a couple different times as home brewers and we're just like all right we're gonna go ahead and try this and see how it plays and in the early days we had a lot of no it's not named after bob's dog Unfortunate. He would love to think that it's named after Bob or after Shadow, but it's not. Um, it's yeah. So we we decided that um, it was a lot of a lot of playing around to see what exactly would work in Vicksburg when we opened, yeah. and we've basically found that um, those three play really well. So at any given time, you can have somebody come in and they're like, oh, I'm a hop head. I love, I love hops. And it's like, okay, well, all we got is Paramount. Have that. And they're like, yeah, that's real good. Um, or it's like, well, I just don't, I'm not a, not a big fan of hoppy beers or arc beers. Well, here, try the backpackers. And it's light enough and balanced enough that it works. Yeah. It definitely hits the spot. How, how big a, of a brew house are you? Like three, five? Yep, we're three. Three, um, okay. Yeah, we, when we uh, first started brewing here, we had gotten the the one barrel system from Chris O'Neill at OneWell, and we we had been shopping around a little bit. And I talked to Chris, and he's like, "Oh, I got my old homebrew set up. If you wanna if you wanna use that, I'll sell it to you." And so he sold that to us, and it was two thirds of a brew system. A one barrel system. What's that? He was homebrewing on a one barrel system. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's, I know that's a, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh, we had talked to Gonzo back in the day before we started, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh yeah, I got a, a shed out back that I brew in a one barrel system for my homebrew setup." And we're like, "Oh my god, you use a one barrel for your homebrew?" And he's like, "Yeah." It's like, okay, it's, so that's just, just a thing. Have a lot of friends, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, or or you really have one beer that you brew that you love the most. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, we got a we lot. got Chris's uh, one barrel system, which there's a good story about that. But um, we made it 
what what we had to do was uh, we would brew three times in a day to be able to fill our three barrel fermenters. So that got real shitty real fast. (laughs) Um, We started brewing in July of 2016 and we do three brews a day, three days, take one day off and then do another three in a row. So essentially we were pulling down just ridiculous hours and we'd start at 6 a.m. and end at 2 a.m. Wow. And it sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Especially in (laughs) July when we've got, you know, not the best ventilation and it got to be probably 110 in the brew house and it was just all day long. Um, So we quickly upgraded to a stout three barrel direct fire. Um, And that's what we have now. But we, yeah, we we were done with that one barrel system. It I hate it. I'm so happy it's gone. But the story <laughs> on that is that we got it from Chris. We sold it to Patrick up at Tantric. Mm-hmm. Um, he sold it to Jake Losey at mm-hmm. Presidential, and Jake still has it, um, which he converted to electric. So now mm-hmm. he still uses it for his pilot batches or some of them. But yeah, it's still out there. It's floating around, and it's just these <laughs> these two aluminum pots that are just floating around the world. And you no, know, one one day Jake's gonna have to give it to somebody new. It's the uh, it's the brotherhood of the traveling pots. So, that's right. right. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I love hearing those stories, though. Of you know these these bits of equipment that just travel around and help all these other home brewers and new new breweries get off the ground. I mean, it really really showcases the uh, the community that we have. So I think that's I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much how it. You know, with with few exceptions, that's pretty much how it just operates in the in the brewery circles. As far as you know, a lot of a lot of camaraderie and here I'm gonna put a flashlight there so I'm not so dark. <laughs> precariously balanced the phone. Oh, there oh, we go. Hey, I'm in the light. Hey, yeah, you look great. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh I don't know uh where Drew's system was before one well, but the the three barrel system that Drew has originally belonged to Chris O'Neill as well. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I, I'm sure Chris acquired it from somewhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> In fact, I think that it came from uh, maybe oh, it was I... it was Sunset Boulevard Brewing, and when yeah. when Winwell acquired that place. But then, yeah, who knows where that came from? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I remember him talking about how they inherited a lot of their equipment when they first started because it was there. Mm-hmm. But that was a long time ago. You guys are, are doing a old mill. Wow, maybe it was old mill. David David says old mill. So mm. it wouldn't surprise me because they shut down around that time. And then the brewer from old mill went to work for Sunset Boulevard Brewing. And they had the best peanut butter stout recipe that you could ever try. And it, it died with that brewery. I've never... I, I don't know if I would still like it. I liked it, you know, back when I was first getting into the, yeah. like, you know, adjuncted beers or whatever, but yeah, I, I um, used to like dragon's milk. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll still drink one if somebody hands it to me, but that's not my first choice. I'll, I'll, I'll drink a triple mash occasionally. Oh, like if you can I find one it. of those, I do enjoy a triple mash, a little, little sweet and like 18%. Well, yep. Those are, those are all right. Um, you guys are doing cider now too, right? Oh, or you yeah. have been, or and, Andy's been experimenting with like a, um, like mixed drink ciders. No, that was uh, we started experimenting with like the cocktail ciders. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a while back, we had our cellarman slash assistant brewer uh, Nicholas, and mm-hmm. he's no longer with us. Now, hey, I'm going to do a shameless plug for him. Go to crafterdie.com. He's doing a lot of uh, really nice. He basically takes like nostalgic cartoons and does 
scenes that he puts on beer glasses. He so he's a beer enthusiast. I've seen that. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. So he's a really talented artist and does great work. So check that out. But yeah, he started doing some of our like cocktail ciders. So we did shoot. What do we have? We have one that was a pineapple upside down cake. Um, yep. We had one that was ginger, cranberry and lime tasted basically like a cranberry Moscow mule. Uh, real good. Um, but yeah, he was he was doing those. Um, I've actually taken over doing the ciders now. So okay, um, definitely not as sweet and not putting as many ingredients in. But yeah, we we still got the ciders going, and cool. we're actually this upcoming weekend putting out a farmhouse cider that I've tried a couple different times. Um, basically, did a what did I put in that? I think it was. BE256. I want to say it was 256 for the yeast, but basically just the apple juice and just the Saison yeast. So it has like a really nice pear, uh, little pear, apricot, kind of spicy phenol note, but real, real easy drinking, semi dry, just straight up cider. I, I feel like that hits the spot during the warmer months. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Something just like that. <laughs> my my girlfriend my girlfriend's gonna dump me for Nicholas. I think. I, <laughs> uh, I we went out there and had that had that cider at one point in time, and I I tried to replicate. It, I think three separate times, and they came out super good, but but not the not the same. Yep, you need the you need the pineapple chunks. You need the maraschino cherries, and then I believe he made a just syrup out of brown sugar, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Oh. And just okay. like dump that in and let it go. Some vanilla too. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> the thing. He uh he kind of freewheeled it and never wrote anything down. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so like a like a true I'm, artist. I gotta <laughs> I gotta apologize for anybody who's looking for the pineapple upside down cake or any of those because we don't have the recipes anymore. They don't exist on paper anywhere. Maybe maybe we'll get them back for a legacy. Who knows? Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Anniversary cider. <laughs> so not only are you guys running the brewery, but you have the homebrew store next door too, right? Yep. So what's uh what 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 inspired you to open that up? How long has that been going on? Um what are we at now? Two and a half years? I think two and a half. Um, we opened it because when we had the brewery operating, there was a, a little pet store next door. And the guy who runs the hardware store in town, he's the owner of the building next door. So she moved out and he came over and was like, hey, if you guys want to move sideways, um, I got an empty space. And I said, well, you know, we, we don't really want to get too into like making your building part of our tap room. And I still wanted to do something. We had actually talked about doing a homebrew shop before shoot. Probably it did probably been a year before we actually got mm -hmm. a space. Um, we talked about it and we're like, Oh yeah, let's do it. Let's find a spot. And then that one opened up and we're like, all right, we'll do that. Um, so yeah, we got to the point where we had an option to go into that building and we were like, well, we could spend some money and like figure out what to do to expand the brewery, or we can open this homebrew shop. So we opened the homebrew shop, um, knowing that essentially Bell's was like the best option in the area. Yeah. Um, there was the one in Bronson that I think Bronson that ended up shutting down, but um, yeah, we were basically like, there's not many options, so. Let's go ahead and try it. Worst case scenario, I get an office, which before <laughs> that, I had my laptop sitting under the bar with all the paperwork and tax documents and everything just sitting uh, on the shelf yeah. under the bar. Oh, so it's like one one spilled beer away from just chaos. <laughs> so I was like, worst case scenario, I pay a little money and I get an office. So we did that and opened the homebrew shop. And we've been going for a few years now, and I like to think that we have a good selection. 
but you anything anybody's yeah. looking for that we don't have, let me know, and uh, we'll get three of them so that we're sure to have it. <laughs> I, I will say, like coming, like it where I live, it's quite literally about fifteen minutes to either you guys or Bell's. Um, I will say, big benefit to going uh, down to down to you guys, South County. I don't have to deal with downtown Kalamazoo traffic and yep. that whole fuckery that goes on down there. So yeah. like Vicksburg, super easy, get in, get out, get your stuff. Um, I don't know. It's, and if you, and if you have any questions, enjoyable. you know that the employee. Yeah, exactly. Plus I find it, I find it cool. Uh, I, I think last time I was down there, you had um, a couple things fermenting, like maybe it was some wines or something like that. Yeah. We had a couple wines up on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is it's just cool to be in a homebrew shop, you know. And there's you know, you're yeah, practicing you right in there. Yeah. Smell fermentation. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, <laughs> it smells it smells like home. Just right? like ah, yeah. <laughs> so I I really enjoy it. So thank you for opening that up. Yeah, and we're happy to be there. Is that the wine that you sell in the bottles, or you get that from somewhere else? No, I I make those ones in the basement here. No way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we have a we have a friend that really likes the. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this Gewurztraminer. Oh, the Gewurztraminer! Wait, you yeah, guys that's... have a Gewurzt? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah that's one of the <laughs> oh, first ones I ever no. made. Oh, that's yeah. we've okay. So just to get on the track, it's one of my wife and I's like favorite wines. Anytime we True. go wine tasting anywhere, we if and then I have that, we buy a bottle. So yep, we're gonna be paying you a visit here soon. Yeah, that was actually up until. Last year, last year, or a year and a half ago, it was time is irrelevant to me. It's <laughs> especially <laughs> this point, after this past year. I know. I'm yeah. at some point, I'm gonna have to look at a calendar, but um, <laughs> so at some point between 2016 and now, um, I started making wine because I it had been a while since I'd brewed anything and I was just like, you know what? I want to get back into it and make something. Um, so it was wine time and I was like, all right, let's try this. I'd never made a wine before. And the first wine I ever did was a Gewürztraminer. And I'm like, all right, let's see how this goes. If it comes out good, I'll keep going. Otherwise we'll ship in wine, um, which is an option. We could buy in wine and bond and, have it on tap, which is what we started with. We got some from Fen Valley and those sat for a long time and people just weren't into it, you know, getting wine on tap. It was a little strange, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, then I got, I made the Gewurz and um, fermented it, got it bottled up and sold it here. And Next thing I know, all my Gewurz is gone. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got to keep going. So um, currently, I think we've got eight different varieties with a mead on the way. I was oh. just going to ask if you guys were doing any mead. Yep. Yeah, this I, didn't, I didn't. Mead? No, this is actually my third. This will be the second that's going on sale. Um, okay. Okay. The, the first one I did was a rosehip mead. And that one is delicious. It's still around, but it's got a lot of sediment and mm. our corker was just dog shit. So each bottle has a little bonus chunk of cork floating on the top. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I can't sell this. It's great, but I got to give it away or I got to drink it myself. The second one I did was what we called the Midgard mead, uh, which was just like plain chain honey straight up just fermented mm -hmm. and that one sold out in three days during wow. the pandemic <laughs> and it was like all right time to make more mead so the one that i got coming up is uh a hibiscus mead oh um, it's bad. blood red looks great tastes great has a little a little floral little tartness from the hibiscus almost reminiscent of like a cranberry but real good has the nice okay. honey backbone following it up super smooth it sounds delicious yeah always yeah, something I love, new love hibiscus <laughs> i mean just my name time i find something with that flavor i try it just because it's 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 a unique enough flavor but it it's um i don't know uh, how, how would you say uh 
I don't know. It 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 does different things in different styles of of yeah, um, beverages. So yeah, it is. So it's I don't know. I enjoy trying it. And I usually like whatever I have with hibiscus. So I'm I'm in to try it. I'll be down for it. Yep. I can't. I don't know if I can place that flavor. I don't know if I've had anything with it. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be in to try that. Um, yeah, this this one we did the uh, the seven fifties and some three seventy fives. So got some little baby bottles. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that uh, that's kind of the new trend with wines is buying them in the 375s so you can buy more and try more without being stuck with a, a full bottle. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. yep. Or your shrams and you sell them in 375s for $45. And, <laughs> right. And, and, so you roll. Yeah, it's I mean, I, they don't have I, water in them. All I have to do is paint these bottles with some matte black, and I'll just be like, "Oh, it's Viking <laughs> yeah. blood." Yeah, give, give me sixty-five dollars. Who uh, who do we have to bribe to try that uh, that first mead, the cork and all? I mean, I thought I I thought I broke one out at one of the homebrew club meetings. Okay, I don't know Next for time, sure, but I've got. A case and a half of it, so you know, just ask. Once the uh, <laughs> so there have been a what was the name of the club that uh, used to be out there before? We didn't uh, name it. We never got around to naming it. I think we just called it South County. I, I was gonna uh, say I thought it was called South County. I was out to a couple yeah. meetings. Hopefully, yeah, that was, uh, it was real unofficial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I liked it though. It was oh, yeah. really fun. I, I met some good people, and, and I know there were people that really appreciated not having to drive all the way to you know kalamazoo or something oh, yeah i mean one one of these days we'll get it back going but yeah i mean that that day is coming it's just wait till everything's cleared up yep, 100%. yep. we'll uh we'll have to bug you when, when those start again i, I want to try one of those for sure i saw brian i saw you open up a open up a new bottle did you go over what you're drinking now i uh it's a transient beer so and and I feel bad, Dan. I'm sorry. This it was so last minute. If I would have thought about it, I would have bought some of your beer so I could be drinking it on the show. Oh, that's okay. I'll keep but promoting my own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I have I have a mug there now, so so you know I'll I'll be back in. But uh, Beam of the Light by by Transient. They do some um, good work down at Transient. They do. I don't. And, I don't and think they're doing they a lot of. They're distributing more up here these days now too. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, H and B market there on Portage H&B. Road. Well, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You walk Nate, in there, they have ten different transient beers. Yeah, Nate, he knows his craft beer, and he's happy to get all the good stuff. Oh. I have, I have not been out there. I'm gonna have to go check it out. Yeah, a lot of times in the, I think in the summertime. I forget when the last time I was out there, but uh, they he does a lot of real good beer sales. So like he'll have. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff for really dirt cheap, and it's good stuff. Um, not that it's yeah, good stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm relatively sure I sh- up, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say he'll shop around and get good craft beer, and there's never you won't walk out of there disappointed. I uh, I got a 24 pack of Blue Moon from there for uh, six bucks once. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, right can't, now can't he complain. has. Yeah, he has. He has six packs of this really good IPA for like four bucks, and I can't remember what it's called for the life of me. My buddy Matt was telling me about it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent with you, Dane. Like, just really good sales. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to check that. There was um a point in time back when I Brian, I think. I don't know if this is when I lived with you. It was close. I was living up to that side of Kalamazoo and Tiffany's market had mm-hmm. like pallets of all this stuff that was on sale, like, you know, six packs of random stuff for like four bucks. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what it was. I, I, I probably came out of there spending like a hundred dollars on some shit and just carted it around with me. Anyways, I think it was just the, like this past like year that I got rid of like the, the last bit of beer that I had been <laughs> carrying around for like seven years. Now was uh, it? It was disgusting. It wasn't even a beer. Yeah. It was, it was uh, one it's of like those, an eight year old like, cherry wheat or something. No, no, it was, <laughs> what was it? Um, it was one of those hard root beers. 
or whatever. Oh, I think the, I think the six pack or something. Yeah. yeah, I think the six pack was like three bucks or some some shit like that. So I bought like four of them. Hey, and... remember when everybody was making hard soda? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. how far we've come. <laughs> it was, yeah. Have you done a seltzer yet, Dane? Uh, I've tried, but I Good suck job. at it. Uh, every seltzer I've done is just yellow and tastes like yeast. And I could go for some filtering. I could do a lot of different things, but I haven't got around to playing around with it too much. I've uh, we, we talked. To, I know you probably know Lance Shaner, or at least have talked to him at some point in time. So you guys, you guys carry Omega. Um, we had him on the show at one point in time. And his big tip was to do a really strong uh, seltzer base, like twelve percent or something like that, mm-hmm. because apparently the like the off flavors and stuff like that they don't uh, um, they're not linear as far as like ABV content goes. Yeah, so what you can do is like yeah, make a really strong batch, use a like Lutra or something like that. Like yeah, Lutra and the proper really starter, Lutra yeah, and proper starter, and then. Uh, and then cut it down, dilute it back down to like six percent, and um, at least on the homebrew scale. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard that working really, really well, and seen some really good results from those. Uh, Jason, uh, I don't, he'll have to bring some in at some point in time, but yeah, he's he's had good results with that. That exact method. Yeah, I know that's that's uh, that's what I do. Um, yeah. I've I've done I've a few I've done a few of them. They're I, I feel like they're pretty easy and pretty pretty. Um, I don't know. I like them. I although I'm a big fan of seltzers. <laughs> so yeah, I, I won't turn one down. Actually, I made I made I've made some mistakes on seltzers. I ended up. Uh, oh God, what was it? Must have been last summer when everything was falling to shit, and I was just like, you know what? I need something better than just a seltzer. So I ended up uh, putting in a shot of gin in one of the lemon lime white claws, and it was like a lo- like a white claw G and T. And so I gave a little squeeze of lime, lemon lime seltzer with gin, knocked that back. I'm like, oh, it's bonus alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was it, gonna say that sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it it got out of hand quickly. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see. That. I love I love gin and tonic. Uh, it's a weak point, but yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, yeah. Speaking of Omega, uh, Dane, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a favor um, to keep an eye out for this because um, rumor has it it's going to be coming out in the next couple of months. Here, you know how Omega has been doing like genetically modifying like yeasts and stuff yep. like that. Yeah, like the um, Sundew. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess they're going to have a genetically modified, uh, like London, like thirteen eighteen uh, yeast that produces um, beta glucosidase. Okay, which can release bound terpenes in uh, in hops, and so um, I don't know what they're going to call it or anything like that. But I've heard rumors that they're making it and testing it and going to put it out sometime soon. So. Um, definitely if, if you see something like that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We try to buy some packs and, and, and we'll be able to get it. I'm sure. Yeah, We try to stay pretty on top of everything that Omega offers. So as soon as they get a new product for homebrew use, we're pretty much on top of it. Sweet. Awesome. I remember you guys were one of the first places I found Philly yeast. at. <laughs> that yeah. stuff is good. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say one of my, one of my favorite yeasts. It's amazing. Uh, yep. I did one with, uh, it was just a blonde ale with Kohatu and Wakatu hops and the Philly sour yeast. And that thing is a lime bomb, just Yum. lime all day, all the zest and no limes in it, just the hops and the Philly sour, but so good. I've still got a bunch of bottles of it and I crack one open every now and then just to be like, yeah, how does this work over time? And it's been shoot. I think I did that one nine, nine or ten months ago, and it's still nice and crisp. Still holding it up. Oh yeah. Oh good. Is that something you do regularly with your beers? Do you have like a cellar that you pull off and um, see how they age? 
most times what I'll do is if I want to do something really experimental, I'll do, I've got a little five gallon electric system next door that I'll pull out and fire up a five gallon batch, bottle it, and then I'll just leave it sitting in my office because it stays mm. pretty temperate. And then uh, whenever I want to test it and see how it goes, I'll pop one in the fridge and let it ride. Hmm. I was gonna ask what you did for like pilot beers and stuff like that. So I guess normally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> usually, usually it's like okay, we're doing three barrels of this, and it's Let gonna it it's gonna work. Yeah, yeah. And for the most part, I'm assuming it has. Yeah, Seems we like o- we've only had two batches that we've ever had to dump. Uh, when we first opened, we had one that was uh, it was supposed to be a lemon shandy. And so we started with just a blonde base and planned to add a bunch of lemonade in the bright tank. And when it got into the bright tank, we took a sample of it and it tasted so much like vinyl. It was just plastic all day long. And we're like, this is disgusting. Well, let's see what happens when we put 30 gallons of lemonade on top of it. So we topped it up with lemonade transferred it all the kegs and tried it and i like to say that it tasted like a pool toy that was coated in lemon pledge (laughs) it was awful it was just the worst and uh so that one went down the drain we had another blonde that was following that up almost immediately and transferred it to the bright tank i took a sample tasted like vinyl i'm like nope we're not doing this again uh because at that time i had a real cobbled together keg cleaner Mm. and it took me probably 20 or 30 minutes to clean one keg uh so i learned my lesson on the shandy having to empty out six kegs and sit there doing this ramshackle bullshit keg cleaning and I was like, I'm not putting this in kegs straight down the drain. And those were the two. Those were probably within the first month and a half that we were open. And since then, we've been able to sell pretty much every drop. So good. not a bad you record. what it was? Like, why? why? Um, you've done we, a little blonde since then. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've decided that it was because uh, those ones went in when we didn't have strong temperature control in our fermentation mm-hmm. room. So I think they just got too hot and the yeast stressed out, started creating like a plasticky vinyl character. Interesting. But since then, we've had our fermentation room at a steady 65 and never had a problem. Is there like a like a particular beer that you haven't brewed yet that you really want to? It's just like something like bubbling, an idea bubbling in the back of your head. I... I think I'm going to actually do one probably July or early August. I want to do a really good Doppelbach. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. kind of one of the things that I'm I'm leaning toward with my uh my lager setup is to be able to just pull out like a really good Doppelbach, get some of those candy notes, some of the caramel, just make it real nice but yeah. keep it light enough that it's easy to drink and boozy enough that people get the get the value for their dollar. You're not going to do like a cilantro lime like chipotle doppelbach or something like that though? Like <laughs> it's, it's going to be know, like I'm, I've got this problem um, which it's a problem in the current beer industry in that I like classic styles with you so 100% there with you you know I'm I'm pulling down clear beer I'm making it so that it just tastes like it should and it's like if I can make a if I can make a doppelbach that tastes like a really good doppelbach that's what I'm gonna do which is where I'm at with my cold one with the American light lager which Mm -hmm. is where I'm at with this honey pills is like I'm not messing around I just want to have a good beer (laughs) so uh, there's some, there's something really to be said about that too. Keeping it simple, not having a whole bunch of these adjunct beers on tap. Like I, I honestly really appreciate that when I can go into a, a, a brewery and just see a lot of classic styles up on the board. 
if they have any logger at all, it's usually a random. Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. I mean, from a from a business standpoint, loggers are not that efficient just sure, because yeah. they take longer to ferment. They're a little bit finicky, so yeah, putting out a putting out a hoppy ale or putting out a a fruit heavy adjunct beer. That's that's a good business choice because then you're turning it around in three weeks uh, and you're just ready to go. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm totally into the like. I mean, I've got this Berliner Weiss on tap right now, and it's just tart and bright. And if you want it to be a different flavor, we'll put a little bit of syrup in it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not lacing your glass. It's not leaving you with a bunch of fruit pulp to chew on which which if i'm if i'm not mistaken this the syrup is actually classic to style right oh, yeah. yeah yeah the yeah. The, the way that the uh the germans worked at the well i guess the berliners at that point because you know all the all the regions are different um the way they used to do it was they would have just high acidity in their water so when they brewed their wheat beer um it was just too tart for them. And they're like, okay, we got to make this better. So they would add the syrup after the fact, just to kind of sweeten it up a little bit. So yeah, very traditional. And it's just the way it always was. And, you know, keeping with the, keeping with the style. Brandon's asking about, uh, if you do a Munich Dunkel, are you just talking about the base mall, Brandon? Brandon, I think just put out a, a Dunkel recently too. I, I'm sorry, a double. I haven't done a Munich Dunkel in years. We did one when we were still homebrewing, and that was actually I made a uh, a lagerator out of a chest freezer, and that was one of the first ones that I did on that. We did a Munich Dunkel and a Hellas, and those two turned out really well. And that was my first foray into lagers. So probably I want to get. I want to get a Doppelbox set just because for fall and once the weather turns cold, that's a real good one to have around. But I might do I might do a Dunkel before that, just for September, because they're they're nice and light, but they got a real good character. Mm-hmm. I, I do, and I, I say this because you know it's just not getting warm, but that whole brewer mentality of like, Oh, it's, it's warm now. I need to start thinking about brewing cold weather beer. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's as a, you know, growing up as a home brewer, uh, or I guess becoming more experienced as a home brewer, that's something that it takes. I feel like it takes you a little while to, to get into, you know, when, when it starts getting to fall, you're like, Oh, then now I want to brew those beers. Like, no, you gotta, you gotta brew those beers in like June, Yep. Is it, are you, is it too hot to think about a stout? You should probably brew a stout. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, awesome. Um, is there anything you wanted to call out, Dane, as far as like your, uh, you know, your brewery, like other things that you got going on? We're, we're approaching an hour, so I figure, oh, yeah. you know, we're doing um, all right. I've got no real shout outs. Um, just keep an eye on our usually our facebook page is probably our best source to find out like when we have live events like music and uh different things so yeah check that out uh keep an eye on it because we have a lot of and this is i guess this is one thing i want to shout out to is like the level of the quality of some of the uh musicians in the kalamazoo and grand rapids area just oh yeah top notch um we try to get a lot of different ones um some of our good ones include carrie mcfarren uh patty Prashela, anna ps uh, our good friend bill johnson who's played here pretty much every month since we opened um we always try to do live music on friday nights just to give people something to do but yeah, we're always always scouting for new acts and new people and never really disappointed in who we find. So yeah, that's that's one of the things is like it kind of goes hand in hand with the craft beer lifestyle is like finding some good music and just enjoying a beer with with friends and 
that's kind of what you know the the distant whistle is all about is just making this nice social atmosphere where you can you know have a good beer have a good time do do you guys do that with like the live music and the social district or the social area? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, mm. okay, yeah. Since it opened, we've had uh, we had two weekends where it was too cold for them to play outside, but yep. we yeah we set up our festival tent out front. Uh, we've got a really good PA system here, so we set that up, and then they can play for the whole social district, and people can spread out, listen to music have some beers, go to, go to all the other bars in town get a mixed drink, do what they want to do. Awesome. That sounds like a good weekend. Oh yeah. Weekend. Yeah. That's definitely a good start. Yeah. Absolutely. Make sure to like distant whistle. Make sure to like South brew or South, South County homebrew. <laughs> There's a slur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've only had like three beers. Like, it has I guess, begun. I guess I, I led them for the show. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, uh, Dane, it's been great having you on, man. So yeah, thanks for having appreciate me. You, appreciate you coming on tonight. So, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually circle back probably with you guys, you know, at some point in time in the future, too. We, we just like to kind of keep up on current events for all the brewers that we love in the state and stuff. So, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely We're one here. of them. So, all right. Um, all right. I'm going to try to do uh, Jason's outro here. Uh, we'll see if that works. And, Usually we uh, we talk through it. Oh during yeah, that's the, right. Uh, dur- during the intro, like it, uh, you know, it mutes us, but apparently it doesn't turn the outro. That's uh, nice. Thanks everybody. Yeah, have a good night. <laughs> right. Thanks. Yeah.